What is the Bible about? If you were to ask that question of a dozen people, you'd probably get a dozen different answers. But if you were to ask the Apostle Peter, this would be his answer. To Jesus Christ, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. That's found in Acts 10, verse 43. And from that passage and others like it, we learn that the entire Bible is centered on Jesus Christ and his gospel. This is Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. We invite you to join us this afternoon as we consider God's Word and what it reveals about Jesus Christ and His wonderful good news. Here's Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. Well, a good Friday afternoon to you. Welcome to another edition of Gospel Talk. I'm glad that you've joined me once again. Well, to begin today's program, I'd like to read with you from 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. There the Word of God says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You know, that verse is really at the heart of what the Protestant Reformation was all about. The Protestant Reformation was by and large about whether there is in fact one mediator between God and men. Is it in fact true that our salvation is through Christ alone? You know, before the time of the Reformation and also up into the present day, the Roman Catholic Church has always said that our salvation is through Jesus Christ. They've said that our salvation is by grace and through faith and so on. The key word, however, is alone. That's the word that is often left out. And that was the issue during the Reformation. And that's how we get these Reformation slogans that we often speak about. You know, sola fide, by faith alone. Sola gratia, by grace alone. Solus Christus, through Christ alone. And sola de, de gloria, to the glory of God alone. And this, this whole issue of whether there is one mediator alone is indeed at the heart of the dispute between the Reformation and the Roman Catholic Church. In the time of the Reformation, there were many people who were converted to the Christian faith. One of them was a young man named Guido de Bra. When he was 26 years old, he converted to the Protestant faith. Prior to that, he had been a Roman Catholic. And one of the things that Guido de Bret did as a Roman Catholic, you could be sure, he, is, he was a devout Roman Catholic. He wasn't like some Roman Catholics who are just Roman Catholic in name, nominal Roman Catholics. He was a devout Roman Catholic. His mother had also been a devout Roman Catholic. And as such, you can be sure that he would have prayed the Holy Rosary. The Rosary, if you're not familiar with it, is a, is a set of beads. And these beads are used to make multiple prayers. And I'm not sure if you're actually familiar with the rosary. I might, maybe some of you are, you know, have been Roman Catholics or maybe even are Roman Catholics today. And if so, maybe you know what the Holy Rosary involves. It involves the repetition of a number of prayers. And one of these prayers is the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and so on. That's taught by our Lord Jesus himself. Another prayer, though, that's repeated numerous times, far more times than the Lord's Prayer, is known as the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hol excuse me, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. And then there's also another prayer on this rosary 
called the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this veil of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, then eyes of mercy toward us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. Those are prayers to Mary. They're asking Mary to intercede, asking Mary to be a mediator. And in fact, in the Roman Catholic Church, she is sometimes referred to as a mediatrix. You have a mediator, who's the the male form of a mediator, that would be Christ Jesus. But the, the Virgin Mary according to Roman Catholic theology, is the mediatrix. She is also someone you can go to and you can bring to her your prayers and your requests and then she will bring them forward to God in heaven. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Obviously, this practice of the Roman Catholic Church does not agree with what the Bible teaches. And this young man, Guido de Brecht, came to realize that, and eventually he wrote a document known as the Belgic Confession of Faith. And in the Belgic Confession of Faith, this ex-Roman Catholic wrote a, a very clear statement about Christ's intercession, the fact that Christ is our only mediator. Guido de Brecht wrote, on the basis of what the Bible teaches, he said, we believe that we have no access to God except through the only mediator, and advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous. For this purpose, he became man, uniting together the divine and human nature that we men might not be barred from, but have access to the divine majesty. This mediator, however, whom the Father has ordained between himself and us, should not frighten us by his greatness, so that we look for another according to our fancy. You know, that sometimes I've heard that said by Roman Catholics that, you know, there might be people who are a little bit afraid of Jesus Christ because he's God, because he, he's very highly exalted and glorified. And so people might be a, a little bit afraid to go to him. But we have the Virgin Mary and she's our mother. She's the mother of God. Why would we be afraid to go to her? You're never afraid to go to your mother. She's got these maternal instincts. She will listen to you. She will understand. But... Scripture teaches that there is no creature in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In Ephesians 3.19, that was 1 John 4.10, Ephesians 3.19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of Christ is far surpassing the love of any other creature, including Mary. There is no creature in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ. So why would you not go to him? Pray to God through him. He is the mediator that we need. Guido de Brau went on to say, Though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself, taking the form of man and of a servant for us, and was made like his brethren in every respect. I think you'll recognize that there are some scriptural quotations there. If therefore we had to look for another intercessor, could we find one who loves us more than he who laid down his life for us, even while we were his enemies? Could we find another intercessor? Could we, did any of the saints lay down their lives for us? Did the, 
did Mary lay down her life for us? No, she didn't. But Jesus Christ did, and he showed his great love for us in doing that. If we had to look for one who has authority and power, who has more than he who is seated at the right hand of the Father, and who has all authority in heaven and on earth? Again, that's taken straight out of Scripture. Matthew 28, at the end, Jesus Christ says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he not only has this heart of love, he also has a hand of power. And then, says Article 26 of the Belgian Confession, Guido de Bra, the ex-Roman Catholic, he says, Moreover, who will be heard more readily than God's own well-beloved Son? God said it from heaven. You know, this is my well-beloved Son. Listen to him. Would not God listen to his son if his son were to go to him and intercede for us? And so Guido de Bras says, Therefore, it was pure lack of trust which introduced the custom of dishonoring the saints rather than honoring them, doing what they themselves never did nor required. Mary did not ever say that we should pray to her or that we should call upon her, that she would intercede for us or anything of that nature. None of the saints had ever said that. On the contrary, they constantly rejected such honor according to their duty as appears from their writings. Here one ought not to bring in our unworthiness, for it is not a question of offering our prayers on the basis of our own worthiness, but only on the basis of the excellence and worthiness of Jesus Christ whose righteousness is ours by faith. This is about who we're going to turn to. Who are we going to rely? Jesus Christ plus the saints and Mary and whoever else, or Jesus Christ alone? What does the Bible say? The Bible says Jesus Christ alone is to be the one to whom we turn. And so the Belgian Confession goes on and says, Therefore, with good reason, to take away from us this foolish fear, or rather distrust, the author of Hebrews says to us that Jesus Christ was made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make expiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered and been tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. Notice here that the Belgian Confession is just straight quoting from the book of Hebrews. And it goes on in that same line. Further, to encourage us more to go to him, he says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The same letter says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, and so on. Also, Christ holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He always lives to make intercession for them. That comes right out of Hebrews 7, 24 and 25. And then Guido asks, what more is needed? Christ himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. See, it's so exclusive, but by me. You cannot go to the Father through the saints, through Mary, through anybody else, only through Jesus Christ. 
Why should we look for another advocate? Guido de Bra asks. It has pleased God to give us his son as our advocate. Let us then not leave him for another or even look for another without ever finding one. For when God gave him to us, he knew very well that we were sinners. In conclusion, according to the command of Christ, we call upon the Heavenly Father through Christ, our only mediator. As we are taught in the Lord's Prayer, we rest assured that we shall obtain all we ask of the Father in his name. And there we think of what it says in John 14, verse 13, where Jesus says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So this is a, a, a crucial teaching of the Bible that when we pray, because you know prayer is an important part of Christian practice and life, when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray to God the Father, and we have full confidence of faith that he will hear us because of Jesus Christ, his Son, and because of him alone. You know, this, again, this is part of the reason why the Protestant Reformation took place. That's the reason why so many of us are not Roman Catholics. My ancestors, you know, began to read the Bible, and they compared what the Bible said with what the Roman Catholic Church was saying, and they said, hey, wait a second, there's a disconnect here. We need to look to Jesus Christ alone. And I hope that you've, you're doing that as well and I encourage you to continue doing that. Look to Christ, our only Savior, for in him we find the true good news. Well, that's it for today's program. That's it for this week, and I hope you'll join me again on Monday. See you then. Thank you for joining us today for Gospel Talk. If you've appreciated what you've been hearing on this program and you're not already, we'd like to encourage you to find a Christ-centered church with biblical preaching and teaching. For example, you could go online to www.canrc.org to see if there's such a church in your neighborhood. That website again, www.canrc.org. If there isn't such a church nearby and you'd like to be involved in starting one, we invite you to contact us. You can write us via email at gospeltalk at hotmail.com. That's gospeltalk at hotmail.com. We also have a toll-free number, 1-866-288-1087. That's 1-866-288-1087. Thanks again for joining us this afternoon on Gospel Talk. May Christ's gospel continue to lavishly bless you.